This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Charlotte Chung and Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. So let's start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra Select Start. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, we got a lot of news, and I mean a lot of news going on in the world of gaming this week. But before I do that, I want to give a big thanks to two of my guests this week. I went back to back on you guys. That is Jeffrey Thorne for the fourth time coming back on the show to talk about all of his experience, his overall experience working on Avengers Black Panther's Quest, which was shown on Disney XD and what is now playing on Disney Plus. So you could go check it out as well. I guarantee you, you will actually like that series. It's a pretty damn good series. Uh, he wrote a him and his team did a great job on that. Uh, I truly believe that I really enjoyed what they did with that. Uh, he also wrote for Marvel Comics as well. And he's currently on the new uh, spinoff to power. That's a really big deal. That is that ghost. That ghost character, man, people love that character. So for having him working on it, it's awesome. So uh, go out of your way to check that out. You can also check out Chris Battle coming back for his second time talking about his new Marvel line. Now, guys, remember, he's the character designer for Teen Titans Go. He's uh, Texas Laboratory, Powerpuff Girls, all of that, man. He, he covered a lot of that. But now he's kind of freelancing, working on other things like Big Hero 6. And he had the opportunity to put his style on a t-shirt, which if you guys looked on my social media page at Dex Xavier Josiah or in the ACMG Facebook group or even my profile page on Facebook, you'll see that I have I'm wearing rocking the Spider-Man shirt that I got. Uh, really cool. Really great quality shirt, by the way. I, I love it. It's going to be one of my favorites. Definitely. Um, and just being able to talk to him and, and all both of them and their experiences, it's just been awesome. So go out of your way to check that out. Uh, if you you can check it out on TalkTimeLive.com or, uh, of course, and I'll have it up on the exclusives page pretty soon. I need to update that as well. But you can also, if you subscribe to any of our major platforms, you can also grab it there as well and download it onto your phones or whatnot. But great interviews from both of them. Thank them both, as always, to listen and learn of what they've done and what their experiences are. It's just truly awesome. But I digress. We got a lot of news to talk about and some really sad news this week in the world of gaming. Um, for instance, we lost a legend this week and not just any legend. We we actually lost. I didn't realize how big of a deal this guy truly was until he passed away. And because not only was he covered on our normal pop cultural platforms of media like here and uh, in IGN and uh, GameSpot and all those other places that you would expect it. It got covered on CNN. It got covered on Newsweek. It got covered on uh, a lot of different major, major media platforms. It was just insane. And it's just a testament. Now, I think a lot of that is because 
the people covering these um, these these segments, these articles, these news segments are people of my generation. You know, we grew up on this guy. We grew up on what this guy has done. And I'm going to hope to not butcher his name right now because he deserves the respect. But video game developer Kazushisa Hashimoto, who is the creator of the legendary Konami code that has been used in so many of Konami's games, most notably Contra, uh, passed away this week, I believe. He now he passed away at, at, in in his sixties, I believe, um, which in in some hindsight is way too young. Um, Hashimoto-san, who is best known for that code, and that code that just I, for some reason it just stuck to us. It really, really stuck to us in a way that because maybe it saved our asses when we desperately needed it <laughs> in a sense like playing any of the konami games is not an easy thing to play so that that code really saved our asses in a sense because as you know it normally gives us like extra life like an enormous amount of lives to play through the entire game and to, like i would never there's only a rare amount of people who could play a konami game and, and, and i'm not just talking about any konami game i'm talking about like the early konami games and really get the like you got to be a really hardcore gamer to get through contra or only three two or three lives and i've seen it done before but it's it's a rarity it's not not everybody can do it not everybody should do it and it, it's it's a thing but the 99 lives or the 30 li- i could have sworn it was 99 lives that we got but it was 30 lives that you get to play through the entire game and beat the game because it was just that damn hard you there's a really 85 to 90 percent probability of you getting killed all through the game of contra and gradius and and all that stuff so um but this code was not only used for contra it was used first on um on gradius but people mostly knew it for some reason and i guess that a lot of that has to do with it because contra was one of the hottest games on nintendo at the time so it was able to they were able to you know port that code on air and people really remember it because it was contra was being played a hell of a lot so not only did they play it on there uh and use it for the code from there it later on was used for a lot of contra's games uh operation c super contra contra hardcore contra shattered um soldier it just became a, a namesake for contra and that's why a lot of people you know adopted it as the contra code and not just the konami code even though konami used it on gradius first and then other games dance test revolutions used it uh a lot of the castlevania series have used it uh teenage mutant ninja turtles fall uh the foot clan i god who remembers that game on the game boy fall of the foot clan was one of my favorites on that game uh teenage mutant ninja turtles 3 the manhattan project on the nes batman returns for the super nes um even later on down the line that code was used for uh scott pilgrim but that was just as a tribute to scott uh, pilgrim versus the world which is a really great game that i wish they would report out some form or fashion somewhere um that game was it was used in honor of you know uh hashimoto son's uh you know contribution and not only that uh xavier woods if you guys know wwe wrestler xavier woods named his show up up down down clearly after that absolutely clearly after that i'm i i'm wondering i 
pretty sure he should do a tribute episode of his show uh, pretty soon in there. Um, he has to. He really has to if he hasn't already. But it's just so many, so many people. Like my, my whole show, Select Start, is just based on partly that code, but mostly also um, Select Start is the buttons that you use on the PlayStation, on a Nintendo Entertainment System, too, as well. So, you know, it's, 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 the man has done that little, he's done, the thing is, Hashimoto has done so much for Konami over the years in the gaming industry for years. But it's that one small contribution that really made a big deal. That really cha- like did something to affect people's lives over the years in the world of gaming. It's an amazing thing. And I, you know, it's there's a lesson in this. And saying that, you know, even the smallest effort, even the smallest of contributions can result in some major things. You never know if you don't put in the effort to do it. And Hashimoto, he did it, man. He put in something that was not only just helpful, but it was catchy. It was connecting and it, you know, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. And there, there's something, there's something about the rhythm of how that code does that just plays off really well <laughs> to your head. It, it almost is a certain form of branding, you know, marketing and, and, and branding effect that you had. And it worked because we're using that code in so many ways. I think I had t-shirts that I made for ACMG uh, way back that had that code in there or something. Or no, was it? No, it was the Mike Tyson's uh, code. 007-373-5963. Yeah, it was that. <laughs> I had it for that. But nonetheless, it's it, 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 it just a testament of what this man's legacy is. And yeah, he's done a lot for Konami. He's done a lot for the gaming industry. But that is so special. That right there is just so special that he did. And even, let me take note. Family Guy, they actually referenced that code as well. I do believe I've heard um, Seth MacFarlane use that on an episode of Family Guy at one point. He always used video game references and they done, they're done so very well. But I believe he used that as well on there. And it, it, again, it just really, that is one of the biggest piece of nostalgia. I don't know if the, the new generation of gamers understand what that code meant or what that code means to us. But if you were in the 80s, that code was a lifesaver for so many reasons. I don't know why it did what it did to us, but it did. And I will always love it. And guaranteed, if I was to get any other type of tattoo or ink on my on my body, that wouldn't be a bad one to get. <laughs> you know, for my love for gaming, that would not be a bad thing to get. I would have to design something really cool to make that to make sense of that. But um that would not be a bad thing to do uh, aside from my logo itself, but Honestly, it is, it's really, really, uh, it's a cool thing. It's a really, really cool thing uh, that people are remembering what he's done. And not to take that for granted, man, that, that code is everything. That code is so everything. <laughs> but it, there is, there's a sort of enigma about it as well. You know, because nobody understands why we're so clinged on to that code exactly. You know, it could be just then again, I just said the entire Mike Tyson's punch out code too. 
<laughs> like seriously, or or what they consider Mr. Dream code. No, it's it's the Mike Tyson code. Um, to go immediately to Mike Tyson. Remember, if y'all playing that on uh on the Nintendo online, 007-373-5963. That is your code to get your ass whooped. <laughs> okay. So yeah, man. Uh rest in peace to him. Uh thoughts and prayers to the family and friends of Hashimoto. And thank you. Thank you for all that you did with that. That was just, it, it's, I, man, it'd be really cool if somebody makes a movie and a, a really artistic take on his legacy of that and how it affected everybody in the gaming community and pop culture. I think that would be a really great tribute. And it goes, again, I think the thing that you take out of this, because I got people all the time, me and Jeffrey, Thorne just talked about this in a sense, especially in our community, where we don't put enough effort into what we do. And even the smallest effort, even the smallest of effort can result in something big. And I'm not saying that you're, whatever you do is going to result in what, you know, Hashimoto's son has done. <laughs> not by long it, it, that can possibly happen. It's, it, it's not a guarantee, but it just goes to show like you never know what you do if you put in the effort to do it, even the smallest and this man has done something you know we don't we're not talking about all the games that he's been a part of we're talking about that one code in respect to all of that he's done but the one code was a game changer for a lot of people a and a lifesaver for a lot of people man so russian peace hashimoto son arigato gozaimasu to you and thoughts and prayers to your family right there so uh moving on to some other news real quick uh let's go into some wrestling news you know i love talking about wrestling here and we definitely like also talking about retro mania wrestling you know i've had mike herman on the show he's the founder of retro soft studios and he is the guy one of the guys behind uh, retro mania wrestling which is wrestle fest uh two in its in its essence um I actually talked to him the other day, so shout out to him. He is heading off to PAX. This is today. He should be in Boston today. And by the way, safety, health and health to everybody going to Boston out there. Because I know we talked about this last week. Sony has uh, stepped down. There's a few other people who stepped down. Mike and his gang did not step down. They have that, uh, you know, they have that opportunistic mindset that they have to go. Sony can afford to go down. These guys are up and coming. They got to go. <laughs> in a sense they they really you know they got to take chances on there so with that said mike and the rest of the crew from retro uh mania wrestling i wish you the best of health be safe out there everybody be safe out there if your ass is sick in freaking boston stay your ass at home if you're matter of fact if you're sick go, trying to go to any of these cons or these events stay your ass home you do not do not take this for granted we don't know the severity of this whole entire situation of this upcoming outbreak that we're having just be the hell safe or if you go out there at least try to make sure that you be safe for other people because you do not want to come out there affecting others we don't know how again we do not understand the severity of it we need to educate ourselves on it but you know i digress mike is out there right now in boston promoting the wrestling game and there's a lot of news that came out this uh last week for that game um mike recently announced that pre-orders for the game is available now for the nintendo switch and pc via the steam uh, which i actually absolutely got my uh pre-order uh, for those who were able to pre-order 
it will get a five dollar discount for it now you got to take note uh they also have the digital purchase as well as a bonus pack that comes with the instruction booklet and the cartridge container with the box art in there now the box art and the container the cartridge container does not have a physical copy in there there will be no selling of physical copies this is just an extra incentive for those who have the nostalgia type of feel to it but all the game is absolutely 100 digital download only uh which yay for me because i'm religious to that anyway so uh but they provided the box art for those who actually wanted to box art down there so um i think it was it's a pretty cool thing not only that you also get the instruction booklet as well so you know kudos to that due to the stipulations beyond his control however he cannot do any early pre-orders for the playstation 4 or the xbox one at this time uh the reasons i forgot what the newsletter said uh but you know the uh playstation and xbox had their situation where they can't they can't allow to do it at this time and he did say somewhere down closer to the release date they will be able to do it the um which we got to follow up with the release date here the release date for this uh is said to be estimate at july 14th that's where they're that's the estimated release date that's provided that they don't have to do any last minute tweaks or any bugs that are coming back there uh checking out so i totally hopefully that won't happen but i look when i played the game and i just only played the single player game and from what he said the single player game is as solid as could be so they're moving on to all the other features right now to make sure that they work if you go and follow him on retro soft studios you can see all of what they're doing they always upload a clip of what they're doing they're also trying to make sure that they get more uh what he says transitional talent in there uh, to do for the game as well uh they had to put the tournament one of the tournaments on the side one of the uh they got warhorse on there who's an indie uh who's an indie wrestler uh famous indie wrestler out there to play and i love that they were given opportunities to these guys to get some shine on a video game early on but the biggest announcement that they, they were ever to uh reveal was the newest character reveal which is none other than of all people jeff cobb one of the hottest commodities in wrestling right now and i mean this dude is no joke if you've seen him in ring of honor you've seen him in the last past year you've seen him in ring of honor you've seen him in new japan pro wrestling and as of last week you've seen him made his journeyman debut at aew to face john moxley as uh, jericho's hitman for hire now i believe he is not in there completely he's just there as a tryout basis for not a tryout basis for aew per se but a more of a tryout basis for him because he there's been talks and i've been listening to the wrestling observer radio uh about what he wants to do he wants to actually just kind of do what koto obushi used to do in a sense of just like just going from place to place and you know being that dude um which if you're hot enough to do it you can get paid enough to do it and live off it like koto obushi did i think he can but I would so love to have him in AEW. I think uh, he would be a great addition for that place. They just got Lance Archer as well, which is a huge, huge acquisition for them. Not No pun intended. Like He has reinvigorated his career so well from being in Japan. And now he's exclusive to AEW. He's going to tear house. But just in the midst of Jeff Cobb's 
debut on AEW that was opportunistic for Mike and the uh, and the team to announce that Jeff Cobb is going to be there. So that was just timing could not be better for them in this. So he's exclusive. They also got um, who else did they got in there? Uh, they got Blue Media in there. They got uh, Austin Idol in there. Um, Stevie Richards is in the game as well. Uh, who also had to call out for PAX too. He actually had to step down for uh, for being in PAX East this week, unfortunately too. So, um, but they got some really, really, really good people, man. Um, Zach Saber Jr. from New from New Japan as well as on air. I that that's just awesome. So I honestly, Jeff Cobb may still may be like aside from Zach Saber Jr. may be the biggest name that he had they have on that game i gotta look back at that list but there's some really great names that are in here aside from the road warriors as well like i'm talking modern day names that are in this game and i told him i talked to him last week and i was like you know when it all said and done when this thing comes out this can be a really good significant game in in wrestling game history if it all if all the stars are aligned and everything goes right with it it can really be a major deal for wrestling game history uh, as one of those significant uh, great games that come out. If everything, like I said, if, if the stars align, if the game is fluid, uh, it does what it, we are hoping it does. And it plays it like I played it when I was at the uh, House of Hardcore event. I'm looking forward to this game. I know a lot of people haven't had a chance to play this game, but I am saying like this game is going to be awesome. It is. It, it, it has the makings of being an awesome game. Um, I'm looking very much forward to playing this uh, so well. So uh, good luck to him. And, and again, once this game comes out after July, I'll have Mike Herman back on and talk about his thoughts on the whole process and the aftermath of everything as well, too. So it'll be great. You know, shout out to, you know, Collegeville and PA. <laughs> we got some new, P, um, you know, uh, state you know love up here with the video game company now so i'm, I'm loving how this go is going about so i'm going to switch gears i'm going to switch gears by playing a clip you're going to actually hear another clip from the voices of overwatch panel that i did at last year in august for keystone comic-con uh as talk time live hosted the voices of over panel and there's a segment on there and there's going to be a reason why I'm putting this here. So I want to play this clip for you right now. So just listen out. Listen to what I ask. Hopefully you'll hear it. The reason, And again, for those who don't know, the reason why I haven't played this and uploaded this in full is because I don't like the audio for this as well. And hopefully by next year, by this year, when I go back, I'll have better ways to record it or they'll help me have ways to record it better to get the better audio in. But I want you to play this clip because there's a reason based on what i'm about to uh talk about next so let's listen to that clip right now now this next question may require a nod a wink or some type of gesture or maybe nothing at all upon us fans getting teased by these really beautiful short films based upon some of our favorite characters and i know what i know what this question is coming but i far i would be remiss not to ask is this any possible way blink is it any possible way wait, that is there any talks of maybe possibly a movie or a special based on the Overwatch characters? I know everybody here would like to see that.
bigger than that, to be honest. I think this game was so big that it deserves it, its own movie. It deserves its own. Like, it's got, I, I really looked at the business aspect of this and, the, and just the, the promotional side of it. Yeah. This is a huge. We, we're having a stadium based on this game here. Right? I've actually never been asked that, ever. Really? Yeah. Oh, this is going to be the first. Really? Yeah. Right. So the reason why I brought this clip up, the reason why I brought this clip up is basically due to the news that I just read on GameInformer.com. Apparently, there's an Overwatch and Diablo animated series that may be in the works right now. According to GameInformer.com, President of Activision Blizzard's film and television division may have leaked the development of an Overwatch in Diablo animated TV series on his LinkedIn profile. There was a kind of a written, not a handwritten statement, but a written statement, you know, via, uh, you know, text or type or whatever, um, that, you know, was originally discovered by GameSpot.com. Um, the profile mentioned that Diablo, that a Diablo series is rendered in anime style and is pre-produced for Netflix. So we're getting more game uh, anime like Castlevania coming soon on air, which is awesome. And that's that's stated from the president himself. Um, they also mentioned Overwatch, which lightly mentioned, but in an article uh, in that article, it's it was saying that his, his creative partner developed and sold an animated series based on Blizzard's Overwatch franchise. Now. As you heard the audio, I talked to Fred Tatashore, who plays Soldier 76. He's also the Incredible Hawk in there as well. You heard him on the soundbite of this episode. And I talked to Charlotte Chung. And that was the question that I asked them. You know, got to understand, when you interview celebrities or people involved in games or movies or whatever like that, there's a possibility that some of the questions that you ask they have the answer for it, but they can't answer it. Answer it, and that's a lot to do with the NDA. We talked about me and Jeff talked about this as well, you know, on our interview just recently. NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, prohibits you from. And you, if you heard my uh, interviews with Ruben Langdon, also mentions that as well. Non-disclosure agreements prohibits you from mentioning anything about anything that has to do with a project that is in the mix. If they do, that is their job, that is their ass because they're getting sued heavily for stuff like that. So, you know, to their credit, even if they say, I can't say it at this time or something like that, you, it's kind of what you kind of want to hear in a sense. It's not saying, it's not, it's not saying there is, it's not saying there is not, but that's what happens. And that's one of the things, and shout out to them I think they had an idea that stuff, something like this may be happening, maybe not. Um, I'm sure, pretty sure this stuff is pre-approached to them to some extent. Uh, just another thing, because um, Charlotte Chung 
we one of the, the conversation that we have is like we were always talking about um they were always somebody's always talking about them this is before the announcement of overwatch too i want to point that out this is the way before this was in august and remember they just announced overwatch 2 recently so she can't neither of those two can say anything about it and i and i knew that wasn't happening so i, I refused to talk about it but i wanted to ask were there any ideas or possibilities of an animated series coming out or a movie coming out in reference to it? Because, you know, expanding the franchise, it's a major thing. I think they already knew this and they already thought about it, just like they thought about coming out with a story mode for Overwatch 2, because we were asking about this. It's like, you know, why not just cater to the esport gamers? Why not cater to the casual you know or the i don't want to call them casual but you know gamers like me who are more invested in learning about more about the universe and the story of things and they listened and that's where we're getting now i remember also in that panel charlotte made a uh she made a statement talking about we should have more african-american female representation in the game to which my sister like was the loudest person <laughs> in that panel by the way um that you know that shared about that that kind of gave us a hint because part of the announcement of overwatch 2 was that there is a a black female character now in the game that will be available on both overwatch 2 and overwatch 1 so i had a hunch that they knew that something may be in the works coming and that's why i kind of asked that question just to, like as a filler and lo and behold I look at GameInformer.com and they're talking about this, this possibility, the possibility of this coming. So I am looking forward to this because, yeah, they those what they've done for that series, even though I'm not necessarily a big FPS, you know, guy like that. I really, really enjoy what they did with that series. I enjoy the character direction and the and, and the character design of it and just the look of it, the feel and these the, the short stories that they made for this and somehow going about it differently to grasp you know to grab people and, and immerse people into the world i like what they did but at the end of the day we're gonna want more and they're giving us more and i love that i absolutely respect and love that so shout out to blizzard for that and uh i'm looking forward to seeing what they do with this series so check definitely worth checking out and other news and is this no this is yeah this is the final news i have before we switch on to our final stage review that is the wonderful 101 remastered we talked about this we got actual information that now we have a release date um it will be released in may according to ign.com the game will be released in north america on may 19th for the playstation 4 nintendo switch and steam the game will then be released on May 22nd in Europe. The game's Kickstarter campaign superseded its goal of $50,000 uh, as it received $1.8 million, which only, with only nine days left in its deadline. Okay. I, I, I'll, I'll talk about this soon, but let me get through my notes real quick. D uh, director Hideki uh, Kamiya thanked all of the fans who invested in supporting who uh vested who invested and supported the game sorry uh after the letdown of the wii u had nothing to do with the game is more or less of the promotion of the wii u of course we all know that um some of the kickstarter incentives in here are crazy and looking at the incentives here you know they it was said that 
Platinum Games didn't mean to really make this game, make this Kickstarter campaign because they needed the money to make it. They needed to know that people were, that, that people wanted to, to play this game again or wanted to invest in this game because they never got a chance to play it before. They, that's why they did only, did only 50,000. They got 1.8 million. That is, God, that is so many times more. I'm not even going to do the math. Yeah, I'm not doing the math. That is so many times more uh, of the profit that they had. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. And even more, if you look at these incentives that they are providing or presenting people, they could have afforded this way before the 50000 so it goes to show because this incentive is insane. I mean, they made eight point mil out of this. They damn sure better give some quality incentives for it. So let's run down this real quick because this is awesome. This is probably some of the most awesome incentives I've ever seen out of any Kickstarter campaign I've ever watched. Um, and I've worked with clients who have their own incentives, which is nowhere near in comparison to this, let alone, I don't even know if it succeeded, <laughs> not to some extent, but like let's let's do it the first one it's which is hilarious the first incentive is being blocked by hideki kamiya on twitter that's his incentive that's not an incentive for you but you can you can go for that and i like how they on it on the campaign page they stress it they're like it's an honor to be blocked on twitter by hideki son it's it's hilarious the other uh, incentives include a the digital version of the game the double pack the double digital pack of the game which is a digital for the playstation 4 and the switch a physical version which they can afford uh double physical and digital version which that's kind of overkill to me double physical version for the playstation 4 and the switch um I, 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 all right i guess for the double physical and digital pack i guess you can give one to a friend or whatever like that that's i guess that's what that's for um or, you know, you and your friend can go halves on whatever, you know, for that. Um, down, then they have the physical incentives, which is a 101 gold keychain. They have the 101 sticker set. They have Sentinel's identification card, like a physical version of that, which is pretty cool. Uh, the Wonder Pendant, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, the Wonder, the Wonderful T-shirt, also pretty cool shirt. Wonderful 101 digital comic. Uh, the wonderful 101 physical comic, the wonderful acrylic diorama, really, really interesting deal. Uh, wonderful art book, which has all the artwork from there. Uh, the abridged digital copy, the abridged CD soundtrack, the full soundtrack. These are all different, uh, you know, incentive awards. Um, vinyl record for the soundtrack, uh, the wonderful Keshi figure, which is like if you and if you don't know what a keshi figure is and again i'm going back to my old school people the muscle wrestling uh figures those colorful little figures that you used to get back in the day that's what that is so they have a wonderful one-on-one version of that which is awesome uh muscle wrestling man that shh, don't don't even go in america it was called muscle in japan it was kanikoman um but nonetheless those i love those little figures um then you got the custom controllers like your playstation controller they can be customized for with a wonderful one-on-one theme also the joy cons can have that as well uh an art book thank you 
which means your name will be honored in the on the art book once you get it as well. They have a legit cosplay wonder mask in there that you could get uh, for a certain price. Um, the wonder red jacket. Now that right there was like that. If you see this jacket, this jacket looks awesome. I can't even fathom how much you're going to pay for that. I remember when Ruben Langdon, who plays Dante from Devil May Cry, was on here on the show the last time. And we were talking about Devil May Cry 5 and the big $5,000 leather jacket. <laughs> that of uh, Virgil and Dante or or Virgil Dante and Nero that they were giving and it was like five five grand and I didn't get the price on here I don't know the price I'm hoping it's not like five grand I'm hoping it's like five grand like that jacket and not only that for you to pay for five grand for a leather jacket and how PETA and everybody is really jumping on people about it ah it's going to be interesting and then I believe the last one is a 12 inch wonder red figures so that is a an insanely successful amount of uh freaking uh I'm, I'm sorry it's an insane amount of incentives here and here's the great part about this this is not like an up-and-coming game that's being developed this is a game that's already being developed and it's just getting a new coat of paint so the game already solidly works we know that it's work it's not like you know a certain games that has not been made yet but has been crowdfunded um like uh, mighty number no. nine for instance and some other games that has like failed in this process because it hasn't been made at all but i i really i really really enjoy the idea that this game is already made but they want to crowdfund it just to make sure that people want to do it before they start selling it and it, it's a smart it's a very very smart idea it's a very very smart idea and I, I i i just how they went about it is just it's gold it's absolutely gold so you know kudos to them i am looking forward to this because i was one of those people who saw this on the wii u and i was like yo this looks really cool and i heard really great things about it and people uh when i used to watch like electronic gaming um no not egm uh electronic playground and they would talk about it and stuff and it was everybody who's played it really enjoyed it and there's not there's rarely a platinum game that i have that i have not enjoyed every platinum game that i think i've played even even cora even legend of Korra, which is like probably not the best of the library that they've ever made but it's still playable and is something to enjoy with that game but every one of their games i've played like from bayonetta to uh, Transformers Devastation to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, recently Astro Chains was probably the at, at best the best platinum game I have ever played bar none so I have high hopes for you know my experience with this game I absolutely think it's going to be great but this was a win win for these guys this is an absolutely win win for these guys and uh, I look forward to seeing this and, you know, hopefully getting a chance to talk about it on the show. So, folks, that will do it for this portion of the show. We're going to take a break, come back, and we're going to talk thoroughly about Samurai Showdown for the Nintendo Switch. Is it worth getting on this system, on this handheld system? I think you might like what I might have to say. We'll talk about this and more right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto! 
This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. Rise up. The answer lies in the heart of battle. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Hadouken! back with our final stage review and it is my review of samurai showdown for the nintendo switch uh the game that i kind of really bashed in the past when it came out for the playstation 4 and the xbox for a reason and for a great reason not that it's a bad game but it's not a complete game not in comparison to others so this what i gotta say about this game and what i said in the previous segment i said you might like what i have to say about this game that is absolutely true however I'm going to keep it as real as possible about this game. It's not all daisies and roses, doves, if you will. There is some pros and some cons in this game. Definitely almost in the balance because I'm a fighting game fan of all the genres that I love. Fighting games are my top. So and with the kind of the revolution of the fighting game structure and how they, you know, present these games to us and, and with the high production that they do. There's going to be some things I love and some things I hate about this game. So here we go. This game, Samurai Showdown, is as a solid of a fighting game as you could possibly get. That is probably the strongest positive I can give to this game. If you are a fan of, of this series, then you will definitely enjoy this game on virtually, and I say that heavily, virtually every aspect. If you own a Nintendo Switch, I think this makes for a great on-the-go game, no doubt. Like, you just take this on the go. It's really a great, solid game to play, um, to pass the time with on the road or whatever like that. Um, not to really play heavily in a sense of, like, getting deeply immersed into the game's world or whatever like that. It just, you know, it's just a solid fighting game for fighting game fans. Um, the game on the Switch is very impressive. You know, for those who are worried about frame rates and stuff like that no they took the page from mortal kombat which which 2k games i wish they would have took a page from them and the frame rate is really really well done even for handheld mode it looks really impressive 
so I, I love what they did with this. Um, the frame rate, I believe, is at 60 frames per second, so it flows and moves just as good as you would on the PlayStation or Xbox. I don't care about how much frame rate that happens on the state or on the PC or whatever like that. They can kiss my ass with that. <laughs> Your master race, whatever. But it, it's it's still it's you know it's enjoyable in all aspects, and then now that it's on the nintendo switch it plays just as well as it does there if you enjoy mortal kombat 11 uh and the way that flows and plays you're gonna love samurai showdowns play as well so um even the loading time to me isn't bad it, you know as as some reviews say um you gotta remember we live in a short attention society so people are very angst about time and it just not as patient i could tell you from a person who played the original playstation one like many of people in my generation this loading time is nowhere near as bad as try playing a playstation one game where sometimes depending on which game it is the loading time can last up to maybe two three minutes that is a long and sometimes i've played games that played longer than that and it was just like all right screw this i'm done <laughs> okay so this is not nearly as bad as what people it's like what 30 40 seconds it's not a big deal and a lot of that i think is due to the randomization of you know fighters that you play through the game so like for instance if you played hamaru through story mode and you played against a bunch of different characters you didn't you decided that you want to play the story mode again you're not going to play with the same characters that you played in the same order that they played they may switch up on you to get you know just to make the experience you know play now that's something that is good but that's something that was revolutionized decades ago in fighting games so like when people started thinking like i don't want to play against the same character over and over and over again you know games like this and games like other fighting games decided like all right we're going to switch up we're going to let you play with different characters you know give you a different experience and it helped fresh you know refresh the situation that's now a standard issue type of uh the form of development in this in this day and age so that's that's one thing so i think the loading time and i could be wrong that's just my hypothesis at best i think that's what is leading to the loading time because if you had a set amount of people that you know and play most of the time the loading shouldn't be as you know at, at the time that it's doing so i, I even knew even way it's to me it's not that bad I, I i didn't mind it at all i just and i'm always focusing on other things well if it's like i'm waiting for the thing to load then i'm like i'll watch something on tv i'll focus on what's on the phone or whatever like that i always put my you know mind elsewhere waiting for it so i'm a little bit more patient maybe i'm just a little bit more patient than other people but i've played games that were way longer than this uh when it came to loading time and if you are a fan of this beloved series you will be happy to see many characters uh in this first season pass edition that which by the way the second season is out uh right now so you will be able to play uh, i believe the newest character is out right now and i've never i believe she was on five i'm not sure i could be wrong um but they they are they have started season two right now but the first season of characters all span from a variety of past sam show games include including the neo geo pocket and and that is shiki shiki was the character that debuted on the neo geo pocket version uh which is why for the nintendo fans for some reason <laughs> got the opportunity to get you know if they pre if you pre-ordered the game you got the opportunity to play the neo geo pocket version which plays 
just as good as I remember as well. So, um, just absolutely awesome. Each of uh, each of the characters are beautifully designed and a and and developed, and they look absolutely fantastic visually. Uh, and they all come with all your um, favorite iconic signature moves as well. Now, we're going to change gears a bit because while the game packs a lot of the same power that you see in other any other console versions, which is great if you enjoy this game. There's still one problem with the game that hinders it from being a fully enjoyable gameplay experience when you compare it to other fighting games of the same price range. That would be the outdated and archaic features, such as the basic arcade mode, the offline battle mode, which includes versus gauntlet, survivor, time and time trial. Been there, done that. Practice mode and the online mode called dojo. They also have some like uh, ghost modes as well, where you can play against uh, AI, you know, generate simulated uh, players based on actual players, you know, data, you know, with Tekken started, with Tekken pretty much started up. Tekken, I believe, and Virtual Fighter started that whole. Virtual Fighter actually, Yu Suzuki may have been the first one to do it, to be honest. Um, then uh, the guys at uh, Nam Namco, but. You know, that whole thing is there, too. So, again, been there, done that. They wanted to they want to market to mostly the uh, eSport players as well. I understand. I get that. That's fine. But, again, there's a whole other form of, game, you know, fighting game fans out there that will enjoy the story element as well. The presentation that we see in many of the modern new-gen fighting games, such as Mortal, any of the Mortal Kombat series from 9 to 11, Street Fighter V, Tekken 7, Guilty Gear Czar, Dragon Ball Fighters, and even Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite provides full-length feature story modes with cutscenes that engages and immerse you with the character's uh, story and the game's universe. Many of today's fighting games have changed, giving fans a lot more for their money or with their money's worth, if you want to even put it that way. NetherRealm Studios, along with uh, WB Games, provides fans with a Hollywood production in fighting games that truly changed the way we play and experience fighting games today. They, I give them full responsibility for that, and I'm dating back to, what game can I give them credit for? Probably DC, Marvel, uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC universe that was one of the first games that had that really hollywood production value in there and i think from that point uh injustice came out and then mortal kombat 9 came out and they just kept going and then from there like all right th you know they're doing this then street fighter was still late in the game catching on because they came out with um at that time they were coming out with mortal what it was marvel versus capcom 3 which was as shallow as this game is and I, it just felt like a lot of ego went into this and to think like, okay, you think just because who you are that you're going to be, you're not going to be able to, you're going to be able to compare what you did to what, you know, NetherRealm was done. No. And people and the fans gave them slack about, you know, flack about that. And that's why we got the later on, we got Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, which in some cases did still drop the ball in some cases, but they did listen to the fan, uh, fans and we wanted a full length story mode, uh, Street Fighter five learned from 
what they did with Street Fighter 4. And Street Fighter 4 also was a shallow deal. It was like, okay, we, come on. You can't do this to our iconic series. We need a more full-fleshed mode. When Street Fighter 5 came out, they listened. We got a full story mode. If you guys remember, I had Kyle Haber, who plays Gohan on Dragon Ball Super, as well as he plays um, Ryu on Street Fighter. Um, we talked about this. They had a full... We talked about this before that story mode came out but we knew at the time the story mode was coming and that story mode met expectations very well love that loved the shadow falls uh storyline so along with that modern fighters also have the options of arcade mode and outside of the story mode and to maintain a heavy replay value with the price of starting at $60 plus any season passes or expansion packs that you have that are offered to you, you can't just give fans an old standard fundamental fighting game structure that only has an arcade mode as the main course with a lot of uh, smaller modes b- um, below it to charge, you know, for, and charge the same price as the other Meteor games. Like, I'm sorry, it's like you, it's like going to a restaurant. It's like, it's like going to Roof Chris Steakhouse, and they charging, and I that's the only expensive like place that I can think of that people will probably know, or Fogo de Chao, which is a real highly expensive you know Brazilian restaurant. It's like going to those places, and they give you all of the quality of cuisine that they give you for the price that they ask for, and then you go to some like rinky dink you know restaurant or i hate to say this or mcdonald's or burger king or something like that and mcdonald's and burger king or let me put it like this or kfc let's put it like that kfc is selling that ridiculously lazy stupid branded um glazed donut with a you know as as bread for a sandwich for the same price as fogo de chow in 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 roof chris steakhouse the quality's not there, but the price is. And would you pay the same amount of money that you would pay for Ruth Chris Steakhouse or Fogo the Child that you would for KFC? No. No, because they're not giving you the quality that you're looking for. This is the same type of situation. You're not going to pay. You, or you're Smart people. Smart people will not pay for that amount of money, for the same amount of money that you would get from another type of game that gives you so much more. You see what Mortal Kombat 11 gave us last year? The That amount of content they gave us. They gave us a full-length story mode. They gave us an arcade mode that also had its own endings. They gave us a crypt. They gave us all these other modes in between. They gave us all this DLC. It's That is worth the money that they're asking for. This game is not... Not, not, and not because of the quality of the game. Like I said, the game is solid. The controls is solid. The visuals is solid. The continuity, that's where it is. That's where it left off. That's that's clearly what was the problem with this game, um, right there. But that's what they did for the. Uh, that's what SNK did for the PlayStation Four, the Xbox, and the Stadia. They gave them this game they gave gamers this game they charged the same price and gamers were gullible enough to buy into it rather knowing or not knowing that this content was there however when announced on a nintendo switch snk offered not only a lower price for the game that included the entire first season 
of DLC for the same price that you were paying for the PlayStation 4, Xbox, and Stadia. And added to that, those who pre-ordered the game on the Switch also got the bonus game based on the Nintendo Pocket version of Samurai Showdown 2, which at the time, and I still own the physical cartridge and the Neo Geo Pocket for it. At the time, that game was, I think, 30 roughly $30, if not $40, I believe, for that game. So in hindsight, you're paying, and announced it in today's standards is probably at best 20 bucks. Now, those guys who did Pocket Fighters, you damn sure better learn. If you're gonna charge somebody, if you're gonna make a game that is playing, and if you guys remember, Pocket Fighter was the game, was the tribute to Neo Geo Pocket games, but it lacked so much continuity. If you play Samurai Showdown 2, if you pre-order this game and play short, um, you know, the pocket version of this from Neo Geo Pocket and you never played this before, look how much detail they put on that game compared to what that pocket fighter game is. They need to step that up. Hopefully they, I have not played that game in a while. Hopefully they did. It makes me want to redownload that game to see if they actually did. But I felt like this here for the, for the Nintendo Switch, you got the first season of the game included with the actual full game for the same price that you would play a normal game without any dlc extras or expansions or whatever and then on top of that you get the incentive of another game that to me which by the way the neo geo pocket version does not miss a beat at all it's just as fun as i remembered it as well i'm so glad that they allow you to play that game it's really cool so it's a huge deal i thought that this was more than worth buying for the nintendo switch absolutely so it's almost it almost seems like to me that giving us that incentive those incentives kind of says that they knew that that they didn't give us enough and this surely should fill the gaps of what was missing from the game for the nintendo switch i absolutely think it did I, I like I'll give you another example if I remember and this is the this is why I love Nintendo Switch so much because you always get some crazy deals like this if you guys remember when I reviewed Dragon Ball Fighters for the uh, Nintendo Switch as well anybody who pre-ordered that game got the original Dragon Ball Budokai for the Super NES the original the first fighting game the first uh Dragon Ball fighting game ever if I'm correct and it's in Japanese import they gave you that for free that also is a great incentive now here's the thing they did not considering how really beefed up dragon ball fighters is and what they provide you in that game they did not have to give you that that was so extra and i'm not complaining at all because i made sure i pre-ordered the game that was awesome but this game i felt like it was a you know to that game they didn't have to do it for for samurai showdown i felt like that was an apology that felt like an apology for for not giving us enough of what we deserve. And you know what? For the Nintendo Switch, if you never played Samurai Showdown on the other systems or you felt like that you didn't think it was worth it, I can tell you for the Nintendo Switch, I think this is a great deal. Now, I don't I'm not sure if you get I don't know if I don't think you get the bonus, the Neo Geo Pocket version uh, of the game after the fact. I think it was just strictly for pre-order, but even still. The fact that the, how much they charging uh, for that in the first season, I think is a great deal. And I think they only they also did that because they, they knew that the second season was coming out. So they wanted to also get people to buy the game 
you know, and get the season passed. So they're still making money off of that. I think it was a great deal. I think it was a great apology, in, in my opinion, for that. Because the game, in essence, is a really good game. It's a, a fun game to play. There's a lot to love about this game. I just feel like they didn't give you enough to enjoy. Because once the game is over, you're going to get tired of the repetition of the game structure. And that's the problem. Literally, this is exactly the same game that you loved from in the legendary 2d version which is both good and bad the one great addition to the game is the super special moves and the weapon flipping the weapon flipping technique has always been in there but it looks so much better in 3d it looks so much better in this generational reboot but the super special move is so awesome it's a really epic look at you know this move that takes a lot of energy from you out there so uh it, it's really it's really cool and uh, what i love about this game also is that the difficulty of this game is nowhere near as bad as what the original games was because sometimes those original games can be very very cheap that's why i like samurai showdown for the best because that didn't it didn't really feel like they were the ai was so difficult for you to work in but this one also i like what they did with this one too like if this is fully a nostalgic game but at the same time the nostalgia gives you out an outdated feel as well and i think that's where they were wrong you could have still had that nostalgic feel with the gameplay and the play uh, schematics and the control schemes and everything it still gives a little bit more of a new modern day feel with it uh if this is in fact a pre and I think it is. I think they are working on making another Samurai Shodan game. And hopefully they'll learn from this. Like Capcom did with Street Fighter 4. I hope they learn from this. Definitely. And speaking of the fact that I mentioned Street Fighter 4. Visually, Samurai Shodan looks beautiful. As it plays on the traditional Japanese art style. that it, uh, Which makes it look like the it's coming out of the scrolls. And it's coming to life and it's beautiful the problem the only problem i have with this is that because i mentioned street fighter 4 we've seen this done before with another legendary game which is street fighter 4 street fighter 4 has very similar game art style game art style they they did the same japanese traditional art style so when one person do it it's like everybody else who does it like it it's going to only remind you of that whole entire thing and that's uh, i this is one of the things i tell a lot of my upcoming clients a lot when it comes to branding you want to be the first to do everything you absolutely want to it's it's easier to be the first to do something than it is to be better at what who's done it first it really is because no matter what even if you sometimes do it better a lot of times is that it only still reminds people of what was done before i'll give you an example 2k games when they make when they make the uh, you know uh yukes when they started making their wrestling games when aki left they started trying to imitate the control scheme of aki because they knew in their heart of hearts that aki had the much better wrestling uh control scheme it's it, it that's why the aki the aki engine is as legendary as the konami code in some cases um but the Konami code is just a little bit far away. But for wrestling fans, you you definitely the Aki engine is way 
it is as valuable to wrestling gamers as the Konami code in some sense. But they were the first ones to really give it a stronger, you know, strong, you know, type of structure. This is kind of the same thing. Um, and it, it's not only that. In fact, when you look at everything that is done in Samurai Showdown, from the interface to the arcade mode setup to the final, especially the final boss fight, in the visual style, all of it virtually is a carbon copy of Street Fighter 4 with just some minor bells and whistles in it. I find that to be problematic because you're not trying to do something different it feels it, it because of this the game feels anything but original in its approach it really feels like a like they just looked at you know street fighter 4 and said like let's make a street fighter 4 game not make their own now there's always been a lot of connection between snk and capcom in the past because the people responsible for street fighter one and i believe street fighter 2 actually also also the ones who created fatal fury and art of fighting so i mean you have that connection but you don't want to keep going that connection like even marvel and in dc have some similarities but they do try to you know differentiate themselves from each other and create a contrast between the two in some cases you don't want to do that you damn sure don't want a complete carbon copy of a game and i'm not saying everything about samurai showdown is a carbon copy but there's a it's a heavy heavy um comparison to uh street fighter 4 in this game a heavy comparison um even the way that the super you know special moves are done and the um the weapon flipping techniques done because just like street fighter 4 whenever they pull it off there's a close-up and the camera there's a camera pan close-up of the characters faces and then all of the then whatever the system happens happens so there is a lot of similarities to the, to those games I, even when i saw the trailer when i first saw the trailer of the game i immediately it my mind immediately went to street fighter 4 because I, with everything I was saying, I'm like, yeah. I mean, the game looks great. It looks strong. I'm I'm all for it. But it just to me, it just looks like a copycat of what I'm already played. And not that not to knock Street Fighter Four because Street Fighter Four was awesome and it revital Street Fighter Four revitalized fighting games in the fighting game genre for us that was you know diluting and depleting for quite some time. But we needed more, and that's why they gave Street Fighter Five, and they learned from that. So. Now, with all that said, I do enjoy playing this game, and for the price and incentives that they gave fans who pre-ordered, I feel like Samurai Showdown is even better, is even a better fit for the Nintendo Switch than in other consoles. It, it just is, uh, especially when it comes when it comes to taking it on the road. Um, fluid gameplay, beautiful visuals, a tight fighting system that we all know and love, makes that didn't change at all, which is a good thing. Makes the game. Fun, uh, fun enough to invest in just not for the price of 60 bucks plus a season mode pass and such uh or two season mode passes but it is it is very well worth the money and what they're offering right now for the nintendo switch so if you haven't played this game or if you were had your reserves about this game because of those because of what i was talking about I would say, if anything, get it for the Nintendo Switch. Do not get it for the other ones because they're still, I believe they're still charging the same prices for those on the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox or the Steam or Switch or, whatever, or the Stadia or whatever. Don't get it for that. 
get it for the get it on a Nintendo Switch. It's it's a solid game. At the end it, at the end of the day, it's just a very solid game, but it gives you a little bit more for what you bargain for respectfully on the Nintendo Switch. So, despite all that, if I'm going to give a grade for a Samurai Showdown, it's going to be a solid B. I and that is because I have fighting games on the Nintendo Switch. I have fighting games on other consoles that give you way more than what you asked for. And I mentioned those games in this review. So, I give this a solid B. It's I still say it's worth getting, but eventually you will get bored with it and tired with it once you beat all the modes and everything and you'll move on to something else and that's the replay value is just not strong enough to me for me to make it an a game at all despite the fact that it's visually beautiful but it's also a shadow of another really great game so hopefully the second game the new the, the other game that they're going to come out with that they actually have a full they learn from all this i really hope this because this game has legs to stand on i just think their first impression i just it just feels like it just feels like they phoned it in it, it just that's what it just comes off for but it's if you're a fighting game fan if you're a samurai showdown fan and you own a nintendo switch go for it definitely so folks that will do it for this edition of select start i hope you guys enjoyed it um this sunday on talk time live the prime show we are going to be talking about a lot of things that came out red sun superman red sun is out this week i got a chance to see dragon quest your story i got to talk about that i was gonna make that the top of the hour but i found out that uh superman red sun is out this week um along with pokemon um the new Mu2 uh, one because Pokemon Day came on. I forgot to mention that too. Um, Pokemon Day was just yesterday. And it's probably the reason why I'm having a hard time re-downloading um, Pokemon uh, I Choose You Pikachu for some reason. Um, but that came out and also the premiere of Pokemon uh, Mu2 Strikes Again uh, is back. So I'm going to be talking about a lot of those. Which one of those are going to be my talk topic? We'll see. It's probably going to be uh, Superman Red Sun most of all. And I'll probably do a light mention review of them on the on what's new in the world of ACMG this week. So um, definitely we're going to talk about that and so much more that's going on this week. So again, thank you all for checking out and you know listening to this show and listening to me and any show or interviews that we got to talk about. Again, Chris Battle, Jeffrey Thorne this week on our Talk Time Live exclusive. Hopefully the third one will lock in sooner or later that I'm still holding. I'm still trying to get attached to right now. So I'm going to it's going to be a while for that one, but we're going to try to get that one in. And then any other news that we're going to be talking about in the world of our favorite fandoms, you can check us out on TalkTimeLive.com. You can check out all our exclusives on TalkTimeLive.com forward slash exclusives or go into the website and tap on the exclusives tab which will lead you right into all of those easy access to all the interviews that i've had um you can also follow us follow me on instagram at dex xavier josiah you can also go out of your way to go into our acmg facebook group if you're 18 or older with a legit profile that actually is you interacting and actually having social and socializing with others your friends and family on there it's got to be legit we trying to keep it really safe for our you know seasonal members in that group uh we worry about quality not quantity i'm telling you that now so you could go check that out as well and uh you can also follow us on instagram i mean on uh i'm sorry spotify iheart radio 
Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, uh, Podbean, and Pocket Cash. You can check us out all there, on there, and uh, we're everywhere. You can just support us in every single way that you can. And trust me, there's going to be a lot and on this show to be worth supporting and investing as well so thank you all again so that'll do it on behalf of myself this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is ACMG presents talk time live I am out air I will see you guys or talk to you guys on Sunday take care Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.